fatherhood. It's how we keep our tribes and families strong. You've landed in the right place if you're ready for dad jokes, tips, and tricks on fun parenting. Also with interviews with some of the coolest dad entrepreneurs we could track down and have them share their strategies to tackling it all in business and life on The Dad Next Door. And now, your host, Mr. Dad Jokes himself, <laughs> Jason Centeno. Dr. Obam, the Marine. Let's go. Nope. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then how you became an entrepreneur. I think before I even jump into my story a little bit, you got to know I've been an entrepreneur, I believe, since I was five years old. I was that kid that would basically find a penny, shine it up, punch a hole in it, put a string through it and sell for five bucks. That was me. I, I was born in Guyana in South America, so I'm not an American born. I'm an immigrant to the United States which means I seek opportunities always. I was born number 13 out of uh, 13 kids, so the 12th son, right? So 12 boy, I know my mom, and I always say this though, Jason, my mom was only looking to make the perfect kid. After 12 attempts, here I am. I grew up in South America, we were pretty much dirt poor, immigrated to the United States and got in trouble a lot in New York. I moved to Brooklyn with, uh, with the family and got kicked out of every high school. I got kicked out of all Erasmus Hall, which is, was like the worst high school back then. I got expelled from Erasmus Hall. And then I went down south, finished school there for a year, joined the military. And long story short, left the military, got tired of working for Uncle Sam and just wanted complete freedom when I retired after 20 years. And the best thing to do that, I mean, not boring you with my story. I got blown up a few times in Iraq and ended up homeless, bad divorce, this whole stuff, you name it. I ended up wanting to say, I want my time. I want my freedom. And the only way to do that was to become an entrepreneur, was to work for myself. So I first got into network marketing, building a freedom. First company didn't work as I thought it was going to be. I learned a lot from that though. <laughs> which, which one was that one? Now Legal Shield used to be prepaid legal services back then, right? So I learned a lot then. I met a great mentor who's a friend of mine now. Literally saved my life because around that time. Let me guess. I, Vinny? Vinny? Vinny Cochran, Vinny? the man with the plan. That's it. You know it, bro. <laughs> so Vinny literally saved my life in a conversation. I mean, I was thinking of committing suicide because, you know, I would went through a real bad divorce at the time. And my life was just completely going downwards, right? I, I pretty much lost custody of my two adult kids now, but they were kids then. They're 19 and 21 today. But I lost custody, went back to court, was miserable, and for lack of better words, ticked off at the world and blaming everything else until I learned to take responsibility. A couple of years later, got some money back, went back to court, and then got joint custody, right? Since then, though, which is now 17 years, all this craziness, I got remarried, beautiful wife, beautiful daughter, beautiful life. I'm actually heading back to New York here very soon to spend some time with my older girls and, and have some fun. So it's great now living the life as an entrepreneur and have the freedom to do whatever I want to with my kids. So it's, it's amazing being able to be a dad, however, and whenever I choose to with my kids and enjoy it on a different level now. So you, you, you had some bumps and bruises with some, um, and we all do with uh, network oh. marketing, but I knew you were successful at one because I knew that one, um, Miriam, Mm-hmm. I'm it that they're real well. And then your journey, you've, you've got a lot of businesses. I mean, I do. Yeah. Not, not like just network marketing. I mean, you, you have, um, let me see the one you're doing with Afia. That's like 
building funnels and and uh, and building people's brands up. I know the clothes one you kind of put to the side. Um, yeah. You're an author. You wrote a book, an amazing book that's really good. In fact, you did a whole mastermind around it. I was a part of that. Where are you at now? Like, what what is you know what's the main focus of what you're working on right now? Uh, the biggest thing right now for you. Gotcha. Well, you know, actually, before I tell you about where that is, I'll give you the whole the journey here in like three minutes of where I'm at now and why, right? Because the, the only reason to really understand something is to learn why it even exists. So agreed, agreed. Going through my up and down roller coaster, bumpy path with uh, network marketing, I, I I loved the industry. I just sucked at it when I got into it, doing the same thing that most people would do. So I got involved with, as you said, Nerium, which is now Neora. I still believe in the industry, and that's where I had my initial success. And my goal has always been I wanted to be able to do what I want to do, which is what I'm doing now. So I invested 80% of my income that I earned from um, Neora into investing in my own personal development investing into masterminds, investing into different things. So when I launched my first coaching and consulting company and one of the largest clients I landed uh, at the time was Walmart stores. They're still my um, one of my largest clients. So clients like Walmart stores, Jaffa Cosmetics, Knights Media Covia, Chevron, and a whole other bunch of 50, you know, Fortune 50 companies. In that process, I also wrote my first book. That book did very well. It was called The Philosophy of Success. It was all about in order to have a successful life, you have to start with a successful mindset because your mind really helps everything you say that interact with what you do and who you become. That did well, started a coaching company, seven consulting around that. Then my wife and I focused a lot on building ourselves and our relationship. So because the first relationship failed, I didn't want to fail in the second one. So we would go to relationship retreats and things like that four times a year at a minimum. So we've done that now for over, uh, gosh, 15 years. So we attend four every year, except for the last year and a half since it's been COVID. Um, but that's been over 40 different retreats. So, so we launched our own personal relationship retreat business. And that's where I made my first million. We did great there. And then I started really honing in on starting my own businesses and then selling businesses. We launched over 100 different companies, sold over 100 of them. Now I run eight of them. I was running eight last year, stopped one, as you mentioned, which was a clothing line because of COVID, I lost uh, my distributor and my fabric guy due to COVID. So we closed that down. And then recently I launched the underdog millionaire business accelerator. And here's why, because of all the businesses that I've done and built, there was an underlining theme that I learned in going to different coaching programs, masterminds and practices, putting an entire business together, especially like online. Now you need several different things. And you go to different courses, you go to different programs, and you get these pieces. I wanted to create something where an entrepreneur, if they're getting started for the first time, can actually utilize from the beginning to the end and finish and build a seven-figure business. So we created the problem that I had myself to help other entrepreneurs now. That's a pretty big endeavor. And when is that, um, I guess, it started now? Are you launching it? Like, where are you at in that process? No. So that was actually launched January 14th. At the end of last year, a lot of um, my good friends and other mastermind members from one, another mastermind I was in was asking me, say, hey, Dr. O, what would you do if you had to start all over again? 
And I kept sharing with them, this was, this is what I would do. I would basically take my knowledge from everything that I have and launch a whole new company. And the question kept coming up again and again and again. And as we got into 2021, the first week, I really thought about it. I said, you know what? I'm the person that likes to show and tell, basically demonstrate. So I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to launch a company and then I'm going to teach people step-by-step step how to build a seven-figure business and show them how to do it along the way. I'm going to go to be the underdog all over again. So I give myself a thousand dollars and said, I'm not going to reach out to any of my old networks. I'm not going to reach out to anyone I've ever built a business with before. Use none of my lists, literally starting off as the underdog. The only difference that I have is the knowledge and know-with-all of building hundreds of companies and businesses to get started. So I know the exact process. And now we built that whole process step by step by step. We did that January 14th. We had basically almost a six-figure launch in the first month. And now we've mastered the process. We're going to be running ads um, with this business starting in about a week and a half. So within the next 90 days, it's going to scale to about $12 million because we have the plan. And the entire time we've been demonstrating and sharing this in a free group with folks who are interested in learning and then the pay group that are teaching them how to do it. But all of that was to launch the television show, the Underdog Millionaire Business Accelerator show next year. So this year, it's all the proof and the elements of that happen that they're going to record next year to help people in the near future. It's going to be 20 episodes that's going to be aired on television. We're looking at probably getting that stuff on Amazon and so on. So a good friend of mine who owns a television cast and show company is going to do everything with that. We've already invested to make that happen. So that's the whole process of the underdog millionaire to document the whole journey, share it. And then that's going to be part of my, you know, part of my new life focus of building that and then do the same thing for women the following year. Does entrepreneurship run in your family or you were you the, the only one out of all these many, many children? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say entrepreneurship run in the family, meaning um, because we're from the islands, most folks from the, in the West Indies, they're hustlers. So I have, and here's the thing, my family's so large, we have a few. But I would say I'm probably one of the most successful ones in my family that stuck to it um, the longest to really make it my, my true profession. We have a few of my family members who have the, the, the side gig or a hustle or something else, but no one is really full bore 100% into being an entrepreneur. Several members of my immediate family, brothers and, sis and sisters, still have like a job or something and something else they're doing. But for me, I haven't had a job since I left the military uh, which I've never really had a job. The military was just an occupation, right? But I've never had a job in my life other than, you know, being a pizza delivery guy here and there, hustling on the side. That's it. That's a good hustle, man. I did that for That's a great hustle. <laughs> delivering pizzas and a whole lot of things. Uh, definitely customer service and, and upselling and, and all kinds of fun stuff. The ones you mentioned, the older ones, any of them following in your footsteps in any way? Or are they kind of, I know you got, I know you got Miracle, but she's still too young, although she's bossy. She's already boss material. I got that. But like, what about these other older ones? So uh, my, our oldest, which is our son, um, our son, my wife and I adopted, we, um, we built our Nerium business. He was part of Nerium. So he had his own Nerium business there, learned on entrepreneurship early on. Then we basically got him, um, connected him with a company where he became the CEO of and working and building. So he's running that business. He always does his own things on the side. We had him initially when um, 
what you call it, Lyft. When Lyft came out, he started working with Lyft back in the day. Then he became a, a, a trainer for Lyft. Then he started doing some other health things on the side. He's always had a, a side hustle, but now he runs a company as a CEO. And now he's looking, him and his wife, he just got married three years ago. He and his wife, um, they got into investing for themselves by getting their credit together to buy their first home. And they found a knack. So they started their own little investment business on the side that he's still doing, right? So they're doing that. My oldest daughter, um, she became a sales professional while she was in college. She's, uh, uh, she's a senior this year, so she graduates next year. And she studies psychology like myself. So she's still trying to discover a little bit more of her hustle. She's 21, right? What she's going to do. My middle daughter, she just actually about a month ago started working um, with a bank. So this chick always loves being around money. So she's in a bank doing that. Uh, both of them, though, the girls always had an idea for a um, signature sandwich shop which they're still putting that together and they're gonna use guess who as an investor. So I'm, I'm looking to see when that happens, but on the back end, I'm still working on getting them to work with us indirectly. So I wouldn't tell you fully the plan because there's some way they could find out what I'm saying, but I do have a plan for them that starts in the next two weeks. And I'm gonna seduce them with a sales position that pays very high so that they can get to learn what we're doing and eventually maybe succumb to working on, on, on the side of UMBA with us. So check this out though, before you sidetrack them with your big idea, <laughs> I need to be, you need to like suggest me as a sandwich place tester because I'm really good at that. So feel the dream immediately, like get them to make some signature sandwiches, make me the daddy sub, something like that. I'll take nice. it. I can, I can be a tough subject for it. We have, we could party out in Orlando with a couple sample things. We can review it. And then we could tell them, you know, between ourselves, these sandwiches suck. You should get into this other business, and that's that's the way we graduate. But we get some free, we get some free sandwiches out of it, right? Yeah, buddy. How about that? That's how you do it. Oh, I love it. I love so it. First rapid fire question: What new technology will transform the future? Automated sales and artificial intelligence included with it. Um, sales is the number one thing that entrepreneurs, the skill that entrepreneurs need to have. I'm working with a company right now that has the technology to predict buying behaviors, right? So any anything that can predict how your customer will react to whatever it is you're, you're selling, awesome. Facebook does it pretty well with their algorithm. So it, it's very similar, but this company specific in their technology. The other obviously is in BTC, in, in, in crypto using the blockchain technology. So anything that deals in blockchain for cryptocurrency, there's so much. I just was on a um, training on a presentation with a good friend today um, talking about pancake swaps and some of the other stuff that those technologies are working with. So anything within um, the blockchain, Bitcoin, crypto or sales is what's going to transform what's happening with the future. Yeah, NFTs, all that good stuff. Buy, uh, buy those um, dot cryptos, and I mean, yeah. I, I, got, I got a little bit of all that, so we, we could definitely uh, build off of that. In a, in Absolutely. What supply is running low in your house right now? Oh dang! And I know no. it's probably because you guys are snackaholics like a mall. So it's got to be some kind of chips or cake or something, right? Like, am I actually? Here's this one. Here's how I answer that. Like, I don't know nothing. I did my wife supplied. Hey, babe. What are we running low on in the house, snack wise? I'll tell you what, for her, it's drinks. <laughs> for her, it's Rita's. Everybody else is just snacks. Everybody else is just snacks. Don't matter. But so we've all been on this healthier kick. So it's healthier snacks. We, we've been um, focusing on eating healthier. 
And obviously you're familiar with our dear sister in common, Afia. Afia has been kind of like our health snack guru, helping us get some stuff together. But with my wife, definitely the readers. I buy these, the Sam's pack and Nutella. Yeah, man, that's my new thing. A spoon of that. Nice. <laughs> hours to keep a diabetic straight. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got the Nutella fiend. Oh man! If you could be any nationality, what would you be? I don't want to experience any other one. I got I got it good. Let me tell you, you got it good. I think you, I think you're good. I think I got it good being a black dude. Here's why: I spent a lot of my professional life while I was in the Marine Corps in Asia, and they love black guys. They might not love them here in the United States, but they love them in Asia. That's the, I will stay being this because I've experienced this one. I can only pontificate on being some other nationality. You better get ready to duck the chancla because she's close by. <laughs> uh, she's right there, darling. She knows <laughs> it, but hey, you know what? Hey, look, she's going to peek in. The biggest piece of my wife. Look, look, no, I, didn't approve, I didn't approve this cameo. You said watch out for the chancla. <laughs> right? So, you know, the biggest thing is, though, um, Jason, my wife, she's, that's why I love her so much. She's a smart one. She says, hey, no matter what you did in the past, I got your ass. So she's good. She's good. All right. You're going to like this one. So what is the most delightful word you can think of? Mm, love and sex. <laughs> and if I put it together, I love sex. So it's all good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that works together. I mean, I know how that works together, but I'm trying to combine them. I was trying to think of some kind of like, yeah, let me let it, I'm going to let it go. All right, well, <laughs> this is the last one. What's your least favorite beverage? I know it's not alcohol. It's the opposite. Yeah. Of alcohol. What's Root the beer. Alcohol. I don't know, but it's yeah. probably. Root beer. Root beer? Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, you're right. I'm not a fan of that either. Yeah, not my thing, bro. My son loves it, but I'm not a fan. Yeah, my wife loves it though, so I'll, I'll buy her it all day long. And the next one, coffee. Ugh, not me. Oh, uh, me. We got to fight on that though. <laughs> well, you know what? Coffee doesn't taste good, but the the powers it gives you is really what what I'm in it for. Yeah, I love the smell though. I can smell it all day, just drinking it, mm, not the taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I, th I think my daughters would agree because don't they, they don't like daddy's coffee breath. So I'll nope. give you that one. You get a but you win this round of rapid fire questions. Boom. You got a 99 out of 100. If that, oh, if, snap. If that I exists. love it. I never, love rated, it never, never rated it before, but because you're my man, you get that. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate the extra points. So what does your daily routine look like? Uh, instead of just a routine, uh, I, I'll tell you what. I, I'll give you how my day is, is scheduled so that that could kind of fall into it. So my, my day is broken down into four quadrants, right? So the first and the most important quadrant is what I call sleep. Sleep is from midnight to eight in the morning. And then eight to 12 is morning routine. Morning routine is when I pretty much get up, I work out, I spend time with the wife a little bit. We talk, we chit chat. I do my morning devotion. I read, I get into the word, make sure that I'm good to go. And then from noon to 7 p.m. is called work. Work is when I get everything that I need to get done, done in between that time. And then from seven to midnight is family time. So since this is the dad show, it's on family time, but my wife has given me the opportunity to do some of this show here because it's family and business related while her and my daughter finish up some other things. And then once this is done, I'm back to family time. But that's how my days normally run. Within that time though, unless it's something like this that's scheduled because I know you and we love, you know how much my wife and I love you. So we would cut this into that time. Anything, I don't, 
just like pick up my phone. If it's an unscheduled call, not going to happen. So I don't do anything out of order of those time frames because it's only a distraction to that. That's how kind of my day, my daily routine or mo modus operandi actually happens. That I wish I had that kind of discipline. Mine kind of, <laughs> well, no, I try. And so my, yeah. you said yours is in four quadrants, right? I guess I have four quadrants, sleep, try to work, try to eat, try to spend some time with the kids. Like that's, but they don't, the order that they come in are like every day is a surprise. Like, right. hey, today I guess I'm doing this now first. And I guess just got to flex around it and adapt to it. But like today I did a crazy day. I did a lot of interviews, but um, mm. tomorrow's not going to be like that, right? So that's the days I'll kind of go heavy on dad stuff. But, you know, right. today today I was not not super dad. I was more like semi-dad. I don't know. But, you know. Dad-ish. You yeah, were daddish. Dad like you know, some people are blackish. I was daddish. Very daddish. <laughs> um, what's your best dad life look like then? My best dad life, um, pretty much I take that every weekend. So I don't work on the weekends. The weekends just family time off. And then what the best dad weekends look like is turns into like dad weeks or dad months. Um, we spend one of those together when we were in Orlando. I just we just take off. We'll do some work maybe, but it's just more so hanging out, chilling out, spending time with my daughter and my wife, going on the water slides with her, chilling at, at a park or somewhere. I just, I love to travel. So whenever we have the chance to travel and just have fun and shoot the crap, that's what my best dad life day slash months would look like. And I can attest to that because I think in the day and a half or two, what did I spend there? We moved, <laughs> we swam. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we did some work. We had, a, we did, we did like an afternoon, like a deep dive. You helped me right. get some chapters of my book life could have sort of sorted out. And, you know, inside of all that, we had fun. That was the thing. Oh. It, one thing I, I say, you know, in your life, like, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for fun, flow, family, faith, and, and finance. Right. So right. Yeah. flow is really important people. That's the invisible kind of waves of, you know, around you of how, you know, you're Put it all together, yeah. Now if you know if you if you're in a zone or not, and as chaotic as sometimes my flow is, that it works for me, and I and I and I did feel that you know when you guys are working, really because you're very in sync with everybody around you, whether it's Afia, your wife, or your daughter, or whatever. Everybody's kind of like they yeah. get, it and nobody's like doing too much or catching attitudes about it. it's like oh we're rolling with this right now and everybody's having exactly. fun <laughs> yeah so you you yeah. are a master floor you're kind of a dj of that i'm gonna have to start you call you dr dj obama dr d <laughs> i like that Danger dj obama bowen like that could be your alter ego you could wear a kango you know how DJ, I oh here we go squeaky, 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 squeaky. Exactly, exactly i would you say your, your dad's superpower is you know as a father like you got this nobody can beat you at that like that's really what you your groove, like like I said, nobody could take that from you. What what, do you, what would you say that is? It's called being in, in the zone with my kids. When I'm like in the zone with them, nothing else matters. Nobody else matters. Uh, you've probably seen a little bit of it when 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 we're hanging out. It was me and, and, and Miracle at the pool, in which it's just I'm just in the zone. I don't really care what anybody else thinks or how I'm mad. I'm just she wants me to be a clown. I don't care who's looking around, whatever. I have that ability to just connect and communicate effectively with my kids. And we're one with each other for that time and those moments, because I mean, you really only have 18 summers with your kids. So you gotta really be able to try to get as much time as you can. Once they're, it, it's funny because at the age my oldest are at now, we still have that a bit, 
but it's still like I was just with them and I'm messaging them because before when we go to stay anywhere, it's always we would stay with them. I'm still just reserved this suite um, in uh, in New York where we're staying at, but I, I'm reaching out now asking them, hey, do you guys want to stay with us? And, and my younger daughter's like, I don't know if I'm going to stay because, you know, I'm going to go to work and come back. And I was like, well, even if I, you know, pick you up and drop you off. And she's like, you don't have to be my cab dad. I'm good. In other words, she was basically saying, Hey dad, I get it, you know, but I want to still do me a little bit and I get it. But in that zone, we're still communicating instead of her just trying to make an excuse for something else. So I'm like, all right, just so you know, we got a suite. There's breakfast going to be there every day. And she's like breakfast. You should have said that first. Right. So, all right. So it's just being in that zone of communicating effectively that no one can compete with me at. Like I have that succinctly with my kids. I had that with them since they were basically in the womb. I've been doing that with miracles since she was, you know, conceived every day at seven to basically midnight. I would play with the with the stomach, play her music. And the same thing at the moment she was born. The day she was in the hospital and my wife was actually about to give birth, she wasn't coming like the last 15 minutes. We're like, what's going on? Now remember, that's the time she was programmed, and I started every single day with the song Despacito because it was, you know, popular then. We started playing it in the delivery room, and all of a sudden, Despacito. She she came out to a party, right? So when I'm in the zone communicating with my kids, I'm locked in. I don't care what's going on. Nobody could beat me or take that away from me. Nice. Now we've heard all about the good side of kids, and we're going to take a little. Not detour, but a little dip in this. And and so, you know, kids will try you, try the hell out of it. Try, try you to your last nerve, right? So what do you do when you're angry with the kids? How do you handle that? And I'm talking about if you want to go youngest or oldest, I mean, like we all got we all have our different ways of handling. So how you handle it? As a psychologist, I understand human behavior. So I have this method. Most people may not approve of it, and that's their prerogative, but this is mine. I believe in giving my kids three butt whippings when they're younger. <clears throat> it pretty much starts around when they're two. So their brain learned to understand discipline or pain and reward. So they do something wrong. You tell them many, many, many times. So the first time you give them that butt whipping, they understand like, oh my gosh, daddy beat me. Oh, what happened? So they get that first butt whipping. Then you talk to them about not doing it and let them know it. If they do something wrong, it's going to happen again. Happens a second time. Happens the third time the brain is trained. After that, all I've ever had to do with my kids was talk to them and ask them, do you need a butt whipping? Nope. I've never had to, to discipline them past age three. Miracle is about to be three here in a few weeks. She just had her first butt whipping the other day. And it caught her off guard. And she was like, what? It was only one smack on the butt. But it caught her off guard. And she was like, what? She got mad. She came back two hours later. She said, daddy, you, you pow-pow my butt. And I was like, yes, you weren't supposed to be doing what you did. And she goes, okay, I'm still going to tell mom. It's like, whatever. But that discipline. too. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to read an E for everyone. You tell your exactly mom. right. So you got to get it. So I believe in, in that discipline. And I believe in, in talking to them as an adult younger so that they can learn responsibility. I mean, when my when my kids got old, like our son, it was like that kid, all we ever had to do was talk to him. That was it. You talk to him. He was completely self-ran. He was the one that was, the, you tell him something, he had the ability to have discipline. 
and incorporated. He taught me a lot about discipline when it comes to being fit. Like he just, we, we learned something together. He was the one that did it more and I'm watching and learning from him. So he had that down pat. You only have to talk to him once or twice. That's it. And you're good. My oldest daughter, she always had this thing where she played me and her mom off of each other or try to play me and Anna off each other. My wife, the youngest one, she was more like the one, like she'll tell you if she did wrong, she'll tell on herself. She'll tell on everybody else. She was just tattletale. She'll just tell, right? So it doesn't matter. With this one, we're still discovering she is so adventurous. She is so against the rules. She likes to break them all. As a matter of fact, today, she's jumping off the bed with her iPad. And when she jumps off with it, it, it kind of hit her stomach and, and hurt her. And we try to tell her, don't jump off the bed with the iPad. If you want to jump off the bed, no problem. Put the iPad down, jump off, pick up your iPad. Okay, she jumped off the bed. It's great. And they tell her, but don't jump off. Just do a running jump. You might hurt yourself. So she didn't listen. She jumped off, hurt her ankle. And we tell her, no more jumping on the bed. She got off. She starts crying. She's okay. Guess what she did two minutes later? Same thing, right? So <laughs> when it comes to the discipline, I love to explain to them what's going to happen, have them see it. Once they get that third butt whipping, they don't really need any more. Now they've learned the difference between responsibility and not taking responsibility and what's going to happen. That gap is what they're responsible for themselves. What's your dad kryptonite? We talked about your superpower, your super, your super focus now. What's your kryptonite? Yo, so I got three girls, bro. And I do too. Right? So it's, <laughs> It is that it's that I, and then it's the, the younger one now does this, dad, and she blinks her eyes like done. They look at me, and then she or she will do something. She knows she's wrong, and say, "I'm sorry, dad. I love you." Or they'll put their head on my shoulder. That's it. The older ones, they still have this thing, and they say, "But dad," and it's not what they say, it's how they say it. And it just like literally drops every muscle every now and then I have to look at my wife and it's like, you know, I'll, I'll still have to like man up, but immediately it's like a punch in the gut because it just goes to that soft spot in me. And I'm just like, oh man, I look away since I'm still have to come back mean, but it doesn't always work, bro. <laughs> I mean, we all, we all got the button. That's why I asked the question because girls, girls will do it to you. It's you know what it is is because when they're little, like as much as they annoy you, they still got that unconditional love. Because of that, I think we that's why we melt because there's yeah. no like yet. I want to say yet. There's no like me against you. It's it's like you know a difference of opinion. I'm gonna win, but right. you have one. It's like uh, you know I love you. They and and they get over it. So I don't know. I mean I'm still on the journey. The oldest one is seven. So I got a lot to learn still on, you know, how I'm going to be manipulated. And I'm, and I'm already doing it a little bit now. So, you know, just I, I'm enjoying it now, but I, I know what's coming. I've seen the stories. I've seen the movies. I know. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy because my the older girls, it's like now the life that the younger one is having, they're like, dad, she doesn't know about the struggle. And we're like, well, she never will. And you guys were around at a different time when I was going through the struggle with stuff and it's like, she's so spoiled. I'm like, no, she's blessed. She's good. But I'm in a different place and life is different with the youngest one because, you know, when you look at it financially, 
there's not a problem, which means there's zero stress in the, in their life. When the other ones were younger, obviously there was a financial stress. So there was, we were a little more heightened and easier frustrated with things that the older kids did. Now that frustration is not there. So it's easier really just to be a parent and enjoy the whole process with the, with the last one here. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, that's, that's what you work hard for to enjoy it. And, Absolutely. you know, she got the luck of the draw right now. So you <laughs> can't do anything. I mean, you know, it, it happens. I mean, the first, the first, the oldest always gets the, uh, not the raw end, but like the experimented on. And then it goes, yeah. you know, the youngest always gets the hand-me-downs, but they also get away with way more because nobody got time to pay attention to them sometimes to their detriment, but also they get away with a lot more. So that's, there's, there's all these, pros and cons to wherever you rank on that chain but you know, Where, wherever you go <laughs> yeah 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 so what's one weird thing most people don't know about you i literally died four times and came back like flatline pronounced dead and, and came back to life three of them was in iraq due to injuries i suffered one was i literally ran myself to death in hawaii um and flatlined temperature 107.6 and came back from that, which is crazy because your brain fries at 102, right? So still to this date, my like right now, my my fingers, my phalanges are freezing and my toes are freezing because I got um, <clears throat> injured the heat. I had heat stroke and I got a cold injury when I was in Korea. So frostbitten and heat injury, my extremities are poor. So everything from my neck all the way down to my ankle is always warm, but then my feet, my toes and fingers are always cold. So David Goggins would not like you. No, <laughs> you're, you're David Noggins now. Uh, he'll probably say, suck that shit up. <laughs> you ever meet him by any chance? I mean, yeah, I, um, I ran into him twice. We worked together in a similar unit, like together, but in a similar unit, I didn't even realize who he was until he became popular. It's just like, yeah, I, I, I know that dude. But I didn't really like like hey we're buddies no, nah but that's just a weird coincidence never I never even thought I mean that just came up in the conversation but that's 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 a cool thing to know about you what's one question that you wish people would ask you but they never do how can I do what you do for me in other words how can they get my help to build their business and become the person or the business they want to be. People beat around the bush sometimes. I was going to um, say, is it, is it that simple? It's just they never just, they're just never directly asking. They just, you said beat around the bush. Yeah, <laughs> folks always do. And, and you know, human beings behave in predictable patterns. And we always, because majority of the time, especially if it has to do with, with, with money, they may not know how much it is or they may not come out directly and ask. So it's always just kind of going around, which is one of the reasons I, I liked you from the get-go. That there is, Whatever you see is what you get. And I don't think you hide anything you ever want to know. You just freaking ask, right? So some people, and it might sound hard for most people, but for you, so you have a question with something. That's what I always liked about you. You'll just ask straight out. It's like, hey, it's not a question. I'll just ask. For some people, I catch a lot of elbows for that, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's hard to do, right? <laughs> My wife's like, mm. <laughs> yeah, but, but what it is? Yeah, it is what it, and that's how I am. You want to know something? Just ask me. Don't beat around the bush. Don't don't try to ask me nineteen questions just to get to the one. Just ask me the freaking one, and we're good to go. I'm the same. I'm the same. All right. So, what's a question that you're tired of people asking you then? You know what? I don't even pay attention anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't even. I drown it out here. I just. I just. I was like, ah. I was like I'm sorry. I, I can't. I got a war injury. I can't. What? Ah. Me. I hear something ringing. My wife. Snacks. I, my daughter. Miracle call. <laughs> just curve them completely. I throw a baby on them. I do that sometimes. Take this kid. Hold on. I got to do something. Yeah. yeah but you know, one of one of the ones I <clears throat> I got a lot was, did that really happen? Because. Oh, about my past or my life or my success because it's it's a quandary for most people <clears throat> within with the amount of success that i've <clears throat> achieved or acquired in a very short time it's preposterous to most but what they don't see is in that short time it was the time before that caused the success to happen in that short time it wasn't yeah. just that short time and what's crazy is when we first met you know I Googled all that, a lot of that stuff. Mm. And I was like, oh, was this, this? And like, you know, I just, because, yeah, sometimes this feels, science sounds kind of fantastic. Yeah. But then I would go back and I would be like, you know, because that's the thing. People will always present things in their communications that, you know, maybe we don't, we don't understand the inflections, the words they use, the way they're saying it. We read something into it more right. than, than there. And it's, you know, it's a picture we paint in our minds. So it's like, it's not wrong. It's just, we translated your words to mean this, right. Or this, we get impressed by this word, this certain way. Right. Exactly. And I am no kind of a psychologist, but I just, I know <laughs> myself. So I was like, you know, do, 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 do. Oh yeah. Like, and I, I went back and you were like, yeah, that was, and I found pictures and you told me a story about something. And like, you know, you, you guys were, you went through some, some shit. I mean, really like you, you guys were like on welfare and you were like doing real bad. And like you, you got assistance. It was a lot of stuff there, but like people could literally go back and find all this stuff about you on the internet and track that whole thing if they care to, if they read your book or listen to the, you know, look at the details and do, 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 do. So that's one of the things I could say about you for sure, that whatever you're saying is, it could be backed up, not just by you, but like people just can go find it. Exactly. So, yeah. It, it's all there. A lot there, of people have it like that, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. One of the things you just mentioned, like, you know, when, when my wife and I got some assistance, check this out, this story completely crazy bonkers, right? So as you know, I'm, I'm a pretty intellectual dude, pretty smart, right? So I was screwed up in the head. There was this organization that one, they're saying they wanted to help veterans and they were creating like um, this apartment complex to help veterans in transitional homes. And at the time I fit right into bill. I was like, this is perfect. What happened was I qualified for this program. They came in when they spoke to me, they realized that, ah, oh, this guy's pretty smart. They asked if I don't then mind saying some things for them at a press conference to help them raise funds. We raised over like $9 million for them. Right. And I'm like this, I can give back because they're helping me literally. So this is me coming off like being homeless. Literally, their stuff was in the papers. They put us um, up in the place and some of them literally after doing the expose, like three weeks later, they kicked me out. So you were like a promo piece for them, a PR, PR piece. That was it. So it took me from where I was to worse. So then I, I didn't trust anybody else now for a while. They sent me worst off. Then I went in. Now I'm on this downward spiral. And this is the time I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to take my own life. Luckily, at that same time, my today's the day information that I teach now, 
I got connected with a military organization that was teaching transitory information. I got to working with them and was basically making somewhere between two to $300 a day, which was enough to get like hotel rooms and stuff now, place to stay. Transition out from that, living in my car, thought things were going to be good, but it wasn't. Then I got back into just basically selling my time for dollars, right? At this same time, I can't even be bothered now. And I'm thinking if I focus on this with all the stuff that's going on in my head, all I'm thinking is going up and find somebody and killing them. Like, I'm just being honest. This is what I wanted to do to the people who all did this. And I realized I started directing my energy in the wrong direction. Then right around that time, a student of mine connect, um, met me because I was like so ticked off. I was trying to go to um, the general councilman's office to, to file a complaint. I saw the student of mine where I used to teach at UCSD just before I left the military. And he asked what I was doing. I told him because I had just finished the class teaching that day sat down with him and he said, wow, that sounds interesting. I'd like, I'd like to connect with you to do one of your, your courses. He brought five of his friends, those, that one gentleman though, I charged him $500 for that course over the course of the weekend. That one young man worked for Walmart stores and his dad was the actual regional manager for California. Long story short, that's how I landed my Walmart contract. With one problem, I really didn't put the energy into that craziness. And you believe what it is, divine power orchestration. God put another door in my, I opened it up. I didn't really go try to kill the person, which is what I wanted to do, to be honest with you. But I said, no, follow that little trickle breadcrumb. And it turned out to be Walmart, which years later paid me millions of dollars to do what I love doing. Damn. That's all you can say to that. This I am. <laughs> So you, so you, um, we, we talked about masterminds real quick. Now you, you, you explained your routine and masterminds do take a chunk of time. So are you in any masterminds right now? Well, the only, well, I'm in four different ones. One are my own three that I actually paid into two of them mainly for business, the other one for relationship. And then there's the underdog millionaire business accelerator. We, we run that as a mastermind, um, business incubator that really helps not only just what we're teaching, but how we're helping them think of the mastermind that we were a part of a, a slight version of that, but then we're helping them build their business and we're holding them step-by-step step throughout the process, everything from sales funnels to script writing to whatever they need to get their business together and then put it out to where it's predictable, repeatable so that it could be a profitable business for them and they could leave us. We just created their graduation piece, which is called the key to success, like the underdog manner success key. Everybody gets one when they graduate. That way they have a turnkey business system. You can't buy it, you have to graduate and earn it, right? So for those who want to purchase it, you can't. And that's what that's, that, that key is the key to success, but it's our UMBA key. And it's all just to help them a predictable uh, business but it's in a mastermind forum. Why? Because once they graduate, you know me, I love doing business with people that I know I can trust that I actually can trust. Um, I hear this a lot. I don't think one person has said they haven't been in a mastermind that I asked that question with. There's always at least, I think the least has been like maybe two. There's always kind of like one you're running and one you're learning from or two or three that you're learning from. So I, I only bring those up to say is like, most of the people that are doing anything that I've met that are where I want to go, 
they're all in masterminds, no matter what, whether it's a small one, a medium sized one, I think, okay, so I'm in like three right now. Right. Um, all of them are the ones I paid for. I was running. No, actually four. Cause I run one. I run two right. really, but one is more like, um, just more like a class more than a mastermind, but I guess it is because I'm still dealing. Maybe there's five. I, I you know, <laughs> the definition of that can be kind of flexible, but one I would say is more like a class, and the other one is actually straight mastermind, dig in deep, fix right. problem. So one's more generic, answer questions for an hour, and and then it's and then it's over. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I feel like that's the best way to grow because especially in COVID, it's, the networking's hard to do now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you got you got to get it in somehow, and this is the way. I mean, that's what the technology is for. You got any? What would you say is like your best piece of life advice to dad entrepreneurs? And and I'm pretty sure with your program, you're dealing with some fathers in there. So this could be business, life. I don't know. I mean, you're a wise guy. Like, let's see what you got. Yeah, you know. So put it to something where where you'd understand. simpler chapter four of my book beliefs regulate performance right so whatever it is you're looking to do in your business or your life make sure you have the right belief for it and if you don't then you find the right belief set you turn that belief into a daily process and you work towards the time of where you actually embrace that into yourself because when you change your belief you change your entire life right but that belief has to be without doubt because 1% doubt, you're 100% out. You have to work towards that, whatever that thing is. So for me, it's, it's, it's always success. And, and like my working definition of knowing what it really is, is knowing what works, abandoning what doesn't, and always knowing the difference. So when you have the right belief, that's the advice I would give you. You've got to have the belief towards the goal you're looking to achieve. So I'm glad you said that because something came up this week and it was a simple word change because I'm, I mean, you know, I'm a results oriented person. And I mean, my goal, my, my, you know, my why is I, 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 I will see a hundred kids adopted through my influence in my lifetime. Now that the thing that changed was I was saying till last week and I'm still kind of messing up with it, but I, I, I changed one word and is I want to be instrumental. Now I'm, I've changed it to, I will be instrumental because there's something in that wanting that's still not real but when i changed it to will in my head it's not negotiable now so like that alone and you know you brought it up so it's like that belief now where i was kind of like how am i going to do this i'm going to do it now it's not how i'm like i am i just haven't figured out the how yet but it did change something in me so my my speech my, my 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 power around that my energy around that phrase now is a lot stronger now and for one of a better word, it's, it's helped me communicate better. So yeah, I get, I totally, I think that's, that's big. Yeah. And with the, with the etymology of words, want comes from the, it's antithesis, which is lack. So that means your, your, your want means it's coming from lack means that you don't have enough. When you use the, one of the, if you're open for a quick suggestion, the best word, instead of saying like, I will is just, I am. I am is in the now, it's the ownership of it. You do have that. And then the universe responds. When I say it to myself, I will use am. Yep. When I explain it to people, 
I don't know. It's it's hard. It's harder to the syntax Nazis, the spelling not like you know that the right. I am instrumental in the adoption of a hundred children before I die. Ownership, right there. Got to start. I got to start practicing that one. So thank you for that. See, I got something from this. Absolutely. And it only cost me. Uh, I guess you can bill me later. I cash right. it. It'll be okay. <laughs> it cost you the time. Couple of that jokes. <laughs> Well, you know, that's how you're going to pay for this. But uh, oh, snap. I, got, on. I got one last question for you. Yeah. What do you, how do you want to leave your mark on the world? What I'm doing now. So what I'm doing now with the Underdog Millionaire Business Accelerator is helping entrepreneurs really build predictable, repeatable, profitable businesses, right? So that is to get to the next two phases of everything for me, leaving my legacy. The second is next year, we're launching a company called Queens United. That's the whole thing coming out. The movement, you know, I've always been about women empowerment because I have three girls. And then underneath that is my nonprofit, which is the Futurist Female. Those two companies will be giving into that. What's that called? Futurist Female? The Futurist Female. Yep. Because it is. Yeah. The future is female, right? So the future that's coming, uh, it needs more emotional IQ instead of what we have right now with, 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 um, the, the IQ, which is all knowledge and intellect with men, the EQ, we need more emotional intelligence. That's what women bring to the picture, right? So if you you look now while the world was busy so long, trying to, in a sense, hold women back, it doesn't matter. I mean, for, for crying out loud, finally, the United States now have a woman vice president. But if you go back and check how many women are in power throughout the world, there are women presidents, there are women prime ministers, there are women all around the world from in Asia, you name the West Indies, the Caribbean, in Russia, Lithuania, you name it, the women have been in power. The United States has been a little behind the power curve. So the future is female and my legacy is, is going to be that. Do something for women because God's blessed me with three daughters and I want to leave them with a legacy. Big idea there. Not something you hear from a lot of men. No, I do agree as far as like emotional EQ is very lacking now because everybody's just so used to this filter between you and me. You know, right now we're on a Zoom call and there's always this distance where you can say the things you want. Um, You can't read the room. Right. Right. That's that's what it is. And that's what emotional EQ is, is reading the room, reading the situation. And how can you do that from a distance? Not very well. All right, my brother. So. You got any last thoughts? I, I put up this um, giveaway, this manifest wealth mm-hmm. one one thing webinar. So is that like you want to like explain what that is real quick? Or is that just kind of like how they can kind of get into your circle and get to know more about this? Yeah. So when uh, this year, when when I launched uh, just before we launched the Underdog Millionaire Business Accelerator, I started focusing on just the one thing that can help myself initially, but anyone find their one purpose in life. People are always trying to figure out like how to cr- find your, your one thing in life and profit from it. So I did an, a webinar on exactly how to do that step-by-step-by-step by step by step, the process I use. And that webinar is recorded. They can get a copy of that. There's a worksheet and stuff with it. And it gives them a chance to connect with me from there. So I put it, that's a, a great giveaway. It's about an hour. I think it's about an hour and 20 minutes long, but it goes in depth on how you can find your purpose and actually learn to profit from it, create a business from it, create your legacy and do that from, from it. So that's my gift to everyone else because it's tough for most people. They can't really figure out how to do it. And that's what we did earlier this year. And I wanted to give that to everybody as, as best as possible. That's awesome. To tell you the truth, that's something that it's the hardest thing to come up with because it took me a lot of years um, right. to get to that, 
that idea that 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 true north star because as you're growing you kind of like oh, it could be this it could be that i'm headed in that direction right now it's you know when you can get clear and whenever you do that's gonna make a lot things a lot easier because you're not going to be even as distractible as i can be like i still come back to this like what am i doing about this one thing right now today right on top of all that did i did that did i push the needle forward any today and how did i do it and if you can keep doing that every day and every day until it becomes a habit then one day you'll pick your head up and you'll be like damn i hit my numbers and you'll be happy exactly and then you'll be like and then what and then you just go do more. So, <laughs> and then one old one, and another one, and another one, and another one. So <laughs> yeah, that's good. All righty then. So you got that dad joke from your son? You got them there. I, I know it was coming to you. So I had a few, but I got I got a good one. Here's the first one. How do trees get into the internet? I don't know. They log in. <laughs> that is appropriately corny and daddish. That is a dad joke. Who gave you that one? Did you find that on your own? Or that's not a miracle joke, because she's no. So we, so Afia's yeah. daughter, right? Um, oh, she's Imani, got yeah. So we're we're putting a joke book together for her. This is for one of her jokes. I think it's like joke number fifteen. What do you do if your dog eats your homework? Mm, I don't know. You take the words right out of its mouth. Is she making these up? Because I remember she was crafting some jokes. When we were uh, so she makes them up. She gets some yeah. from, uh, I think, from Google and other places. But, you know, she's putting this this whole thing together. And part of her premise is, you know, how can you build just um, good relationships and stuff like that by in jokes? So she's writing her joke book. And obviously, being the kid of entrepreneurial, um, uh, an entrepreneurial family, she's learning how to now put her book together. We're going to start her little coaching program. Right. She's doing her bracelets and stuff like the chick has got a whole plan together. So we're just helping her put it together. Uh, Afia is just starting to put her funnel together and get her stuff together. So she'll have her little website and stuff up. But she's she's all business, man. Yeah, she did some like some cool stuff with those little video intros and things, too. So she's she's on top of it. Tell, tell her this one, but don't, don't tell her around Afia. Right. Say, hey, Imani, why did the mermaid wear seashells? Mm, why? Because she outgrew her B shells and then run. Because <laughs> <laughs> she shouldn't understand that. But her mom might hit you or your wife might hit you. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I'm glad you had some fun today. We had some laughs. Um, hey, all you entrepreneurs and dapreneurs. I just wanted to say thanks for listening. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel for past episodes. Show me some love on Facebook and Instagram. And if you really want to be a guest on my show, no problem. Just email the dadnextdoortv at gmail.com and we'll take care of you. All the information you need is on the show notes of this episode. This is Jason, a.k.a. The Dad Next Door, signing out. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.